Hello and welcome in. This is a uh, kind of emergency slash quick hitter for the Revenge of the Birds podcast. Uh, we have a session that we recorded earlier this week breaking down the Cardinals 2019 season as well as taking a look ahead to their offseason. But today we've got the first step of that offseason accomplished with the return of Larry Fitzgerald for his 17th season with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm Blake Murphy, the co-host of the Revenge of the Birds podcast. And uh, joining me at least in between with, uh, on phone is uh, my co-host Johnny Touchdown. John, uh, how are you and how are you feeling about Larry Legend coming back for another year Hey, I'm doing great, everybody, and I apologize for any uh, background noise. I'm in, in Southern California for work, but you know, I feel good about it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is with the $11 million, roughly, that they're set to pay him. But, you know, if, if, Cliff, if Cliff Kingsbury um, made it a priority to bring back Larry Fitzgerald, and it certainly sounds like he did uh, in his postseason press conference saying that, you know, I'm, I'm currently begging Larry to come back. Uh, that tells me everything I need to know. If there was a scenario in which they saw a diminished play or, you know, if the locker room presence wasn't there for whatever reason, you know, I'd have more reservations about this. And while I don't love the salary, clearly he still has a vital role to play offensively. And I think what we're going to see, Blake, is that they realize that Larry Fitzgerald and even a Christian Kirk is not enough to elevate this passing game and that Larry will be a, a key piece but not the piece like he's been in, in previous years, being that second, third, maybe even fourth option. But in today's NFL with three to four wide receiver sets, the, the Cardinals are in a position now, like you mentioned, to put this to bed. You don't have to have it as a, a lingering, I don't even want to call it a, a distraction, but it was a, a decision to be made. If anytime you're talking about you know, an eight-finger deal, um, you're going to have some, some decisions to be made. So I think the Cardinals are in a good place now where they, okay, they feel like, We've got some young players at receiver. We've got Larry coming in, who's basically at this point, barring injury, you can pencil him in for 700 plus yards, 10.5, 10.7 yards per reception. What do we still need at receiver? Well, they need an X or a Y to play outside. Alpha receiver, probably going to come via the draft. You would think this eliminates them from any kind of discussion to add a Robbie Anderson at 15, 16 million per year. But, you know, back to focusing on Larry Fitzgerald, I think that, in my opinion, Blake, this seals him in not only for 2020, but for 2021. With the steps this franchise, this team is probably going to take next year, both in wins, production, success, national exposure. If they pull the right triggers in the offseason and they have an improved season, we're talking 8-8, eight 9-7, and eight, nine and seven, best case scenario, you, you win double-digit games then you look at that pinnacle third year for Kyler Murray and this team, and who knows, it could happen next year, but I'm, I'm talking in generalities. You're going you're gonna, to, Larry Fitzgerald is going to pass up an opportunity to, to play on a potential contender. I don't think so. So I, I think this is a twofold move. He's already got a great rapport with, with Murray and Kingsbury. Um, I don't think Larry's going anywhere for the next two years. Just my opinion. Yeah. Especially when you look at what we've talked about, of course, John, with the, Rookie contract, when you've got a quarterback who's able to be productive at a high level on that, as far as a deal in sports, that's an easy way to build a roster around said quarterback and get into the playoffs. I know that Larry's a guy who views stats, sees them as important. He also has a lot of respect for Jerry Rice um, as far as being able to you know, cement his own legacy in a lot of cases. That was part of the reason we felt he was going to come back this year in 2019 
uh, was just to kind of cement that number two all time. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, I think, the level of production that we get from him, if it's going to be consistent, if it's going to be at a higher level. You're assuming that perhaps Kyler Murray is able to take a step forward. Hopefully the rest of the offense can as well. Whether that includes Fitzgerald taking a step forward or not will be something to see. Uh, just uh, another thing to say about how the uh, the fact that Fitz is coming back affects the team in more than just a tangible production level. He was their top receiver this year, 75 catches for about over 800 yards. Uh, from just a pure person standpoint, leadership standpoint, emotional, as well as what he means to the team, not only for the fans, but also when you're talking about you know people wanting to have money to see Larry. There's like a story that people have of you know, when Fitzgerald's like uh, working over like at the Pro Bowl for that, you hear stories of athletes who will, you know, sometimes stiff people and tips at restaurants. He's always been someone who is known to uh, be generous. Uh, There's one individual when they said he was coming back said, hey, I just had a, I had a $250 tip that he gave for that when he was there for the Pro Bowl. Nice, humble dude. Everyone basically loves Larry. It's very obvious that he's going to be a first year uh, Hall of Famer once he does finally decide to hang it up. Um I think that that's something that can perhaps, like you even said about the money, it's not like it's an easy decision to say, hey, we're going to take out of this cap space that we have about $11 million every year and attribute it to an aging wide receiver. Uh, but until the level of play begins to diminish, I don't think that there's really a fault that you can see for Arizona. Maybe you could justify, like you even talked about, eh, if you could take the money and give it to another Robbie Anderson guy on the upswing as well. Well, Fitzgerald still had a better season than he did too, even though he may not have that same elite skill set. He's still making those top plays, making those catches. I think the question a lot of fans have had, like you said, John, if he's back for the next two years, is there a chance that he could catch Jerry Rice? And uh, from what you look at Rice's stats, especially with yardage, it's probably not going to end up happening is what it looks like just because of how Rice played till he was 42. But if Fitzgerald wants to pass him up in receptions, you'd probably need to have a better next two seasons than he did this season, which is what's going to make it tricky. Uh, right now, you're probably going to be looking at having to get about 170 catches over the next two years. So that's about 85 catches a year. He had 75 this year. So unless Fitzgerald blows up at least or the team starts trying to manufacture some more of those kind of bubble screen passes that we saw with not just Arians but also with Hines, not just Arians with Fitzgerald in Arizona but Hines Ward, perhaps there is a chance if he comes back for the next two years. And I think it's even more of a selling point if the team is able to, you know, be a competitive team have potential for a playoff berth, maybe even if you're going to be talking about the team making a run for it, if they can get lucky. So, um, yeah, I think overall most fans are probably in pretty much unison that they wanted Larry to come back. There's, I know, some who will um, definitely look at the real issue, of course, of the Cardinals being kind of stuck. John, this is a case that also has come up, I think, because the Cardinals have not been able to find a number one receiver to essentially supplement Larry where he's been able to leave. They've been kind of backed into a corner here because you look at the rest of their roster with Kirk, um, with yeah. rookies who didn't contribute last year, and you look at even the free agent signings between Crabtree White and others. They The Cardinals essentially, in a lot of cases, needed Larry Fitzgerald to come back for another year. Sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, that's their own doing. I, I think it dates back all the way, Blake, to drafting somebody like Michael Floyd in 2012, who was the 13th overall pick, and thinking at one point he could be the heir apparent, how funny that seems now. And then we talk about, you know, a mid-round receiver like John Brown, who had a really nice career in the desert before, you know, his 
time with the Cardinals derailed because of the sickle cell trait, and now he's you know flourishing in, in, in Buffalo. So then you fast forward to you know Chad Williams as a third round pick that blew up in their face. Christian Kirk, who we thought you know outside of injury this year probably would have exceeded a thousand yards, um, but still had what would be described as a disappointing year disappear too often in in so many games, especially down the stretch. Um, and then you mentioned it, the fact that their receiving class, um, rookie receiving class, was so disappointing when in conjunction um, it was a historically great rookie receiving class. As the Cardinals were not a part of it, and that's disappointing. And I think all of those um, intangibles or those objects um, mixed together leads to Fitz's return. That's not to say if they had another receiver that had exploded and was super productive, 12, 1,300 yards, Larry wouldn't be welcome back. But I think that that – you saw that in Kingsbury at the end of the year. I, I just thought that was so telling when he said, you know, I'm begging him to come back because we're not privy to meetings behind the door, you know, get togethers, practices, whatever. And clearly Larry's presence and his play carries a lot of weight. And I think that on top of the disappointment on the field from the rookie wide receivers, Kingsbury made a comment that they needed to learn how to play and not kind of do their own thing off the field. And so maybe that's also where we're going to see Larry take on an additional leadership role with, you know, an Isabel in the off season with a Hakeem Butler, making sure he's, you know, getting his body right for a full NFL season, a Keyshawn Johnson. And then I think it's, it's very much in play right now. Um, contrary to what certain fans may think, you know, taking a receiver at eight and addressing probably one of their weakest position groups on the team having Larry Fitzgerald around to mentor CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, or if you trade down, maybe you're, you know, uh, the second tier receiving um, options that could be available. I just, I think they, they feel like that's beneficial. Not that Christian Kirk couldn't do it, but, um, and that he's not a capable player. Cause I, I think he's got high end number two receiver upside still, but you're talking about bringing in um, somebody like a lamb or a Judy to work on the outside And having Larry Fitzgerald be that presence for them, I think, is going to be invaluable. And I also think, you know, I put this on Twitter. Best case scenario is is you you secure that alpha receiver at eight or if you trade down whenever. You you get one early, right? They play the X or the Y, and then Kirk ascends to a 1,000-yard receiver, which I think he will do next year, just a year late. And then Larry can dominate from the slot. Isabella comes on as a realistic option. Maybe you get something from a couple of the other younger guys and suddenly Larry is feasting on some of those third, fourth team corners. And you're really starting to see that production go up, maybe in, even in the red zone where he could dominate one-on-one. I, I just think the presence of another legitimate big time receiving talent. And the, the, I think the days are over where receivers can't come in and put up a thousand yard seasons. We've how close did, you know, Metcalf kid and A.J. Brown went over a thousand yards in this offense I, I think a Judy or Lamb could come in and sleepwalk their way to a thousand yards that's just my opinion so I, I I think Larry plays a key role in that and I think we could see um, probably the most productive aerial attack passing attack since you know dare I say the, the Kurt Warner 2008 Super Bowl season in which they had three receivers go over a thousand yards I think we could see that assuming they get one of those top two receivers in the first round. I think we could see that next year with Fitzgerald, Kirk, and a CeeDee Lamb or a Jerry Judy. That, that's my hope. I think that's best-case scenario, but invaluable nonetheless, Blake. 
Yeah, you look at, as we kind of wrap up this segment, you look at what Fitzgerald did last year and how he started off the season with a bang. Eight catches, 113 yards, five for 104. And then after that, there was a dip where he would go from about five to six catches a game for about, you know, 40 to 70 yards. Had a slump the Cardinals went through for the most part. And then they came back and then they finished the year with probably about between four to six catches for about 40 yards for each time. And what we did get to see was the Cardinals, as far as their, maybe you could say, win totals, definitely were interesting because when they didn't target Fitzgerald as much and focused on being able to manage the game and running the ball, they really did end up, I think in a lot of cases, you could put an argument, being able to compete and win games more. Not to say that, you know, you have to establish the run or each of those, but I think it shows that the strength of the Cardinals ultimately was not really in their passing attack so much as being able to use Kyler Murray to run the football, take advantage of that, and then set up some of those deep plays. The hope, John, I think for me is that Fitzgerald would be able to have a better year than last year just from the fact that you're hoping that the offense as a whole and another year of Kyler, another year of Cliff, will be able to see that boost happen. Um, but overall, it is a case where the cards have Larry Fitzgerald back. That going, It's going to check off one of the big boxes that they'll have. Uh, I think I agree with you that even if they do not address and find kind of that prototypical alpha male receiver this year, whenever Fitzgerald does leave, you're either going to want to have that guy on the roster or you're going to be trying to go and get that guy on the roster because those guys, not only do they not grow on trees, it's it's, it's very difficult to find. Finding guys like Larry, though, that's like finding a needle in a haystack. Special player, and we're happy to have him back. Any last thoughts that you have just on the Fitz news before we take off for today? Yeah, I just wanted to address quickly the contract because, you know, Blake, I've been, I don't want to say critical, but skeptical about bringing Larry back at, you know, 10 plus million dollars a year. Um, but I thought Ken Summers of the Arizona Republic had a good point that, yes, it's roughly the same amount as a year ago, but the cap is going up. Cardinals cap space has gone up significantly. So technically it is like he is taking somewhat of a pay cut as, as it relates to the cap. The only criticism I had of it is because of how poor the defense was having you address that, that, you know, you could take that money and reallocate it to maybe two or even three starters or backup. Um, but they could not replace what Larry brings to this franchise, to this locker room, giving them a sense of, um, you know, respectability. Um, and I think that that's important. That's an, that's a, that's a big deal in Michael Bidwell. So um, I hope that they're able to reallocate additional resources via the dead cap money that they've blown through that they're going to, you know, accumulate back now. Uh, maybe you shed a little bit of David Johnson's contract and you're able to remedy what you're seeing um, defensively. So um, 11 million is nothing to sneeze at, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not 15, 20, 25 million. So um, looking forward to Larry back in, in 2020. Definitely agree. And that's something that we'll find out again. It's not even something Steve Kime negotiates at this point. This is all purely, Michael and Larry, and I wrote up a quick article on revengeofthebirds.com about what it means. And again, the biggest takeaway I had was Michael still sees a reason to pay Larry that money, and Larry still sees a reason to take the contract that's offered and then put his body on the line um, to come back and play. He loves the game. When he hangs it up, it's going to be obviously a, a huge loss for the NFL in general, but it also is an indication of this isn't a guy who – you know, some players, they're just addicted to the game. You even saw Luke Keekley who retired this week at uh, under age 30. Uh, Fitz has so many other places and things he could do, whether that's TV, traveling the world, other ownership. Um, he's got a lot of varying interests as well. So the fact that he essentially is keeping all of that on hold to come back tells you that that's the type of person he is and that he's all in for the Cardinals in 2020. 
thanks again for joining in, guys, on this kind of uh, quick emergency pod. Appreciate everyone who's able to um, listen and follow. Make sure you're following us on at ROTB pod on Twitter or just check on in with the uh, other podcast places like Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya, Stitcher, any other place um, you can find. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.